Get creepy. <laughs> My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we are the Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another hype episode. It's like three and a half of 2020 because you know 2020 sucks like especially Mm -hmm. movies it kind of you know especially if you're a movie film podcast and you or youtube channel or just any type of film reviewer it really put a cramp in your style you know especially yeah i mean already in july yeah and this is only we we had this is technically you know we did the grudge which was meh and then we had the turning which was bleh and then we had (laughs) The Lodge, which was not bad at all. And then we also had The Invisible Man, which was good. And so this is You Should Have Left, starring Kevin Bacon and Amanda Seyfried, or Seyfried, however you pronounce that. And so it's actually only those two and then their daughter. So it's a very limited cast production put out by Blumhouse, Blumhouse, which they just kind of put out everything in horror. Mm-hmm. When you do that, we've talked about this before, you are going to get some great films, but since you just kind of pick up everything and do everything, you're also going to get some not good films. And we'll talk about, I have no idea what Kristen thinks. She has no idea what I think. We watched it, we jumped on, and we're going to do it. So, you know, and I think you watched this with your mom, didn't you? It was just kind of a thing that you were like, well, I'm going to watch it. Do you want to do it? I did. She wanted to watch it. And I told you, I was like, I'm paying $20 for this movie. Can we get maybe an episode out of it? Something else. And I had heard $20. About, yeah, I had heard about this. You know, I had watched uh, Chris Duckman is a movie reviewer on YouTube. I'm sure most or some of you have heard of him because he's pretty popular. He's got over a million subs. And Kristen and I have watched him for a while. Kristen actually introduced me to his movie reviews. And we usually align with his opinions not always but very frequently do and he reviewed this film and I am trying to support creators especially movie reviewers because they don't have a lot to review so they're oftentimes just reviewing things that they haven't reviewed yet that they want to go back and visit or some movies that they enjoyed as kids or just movies that they enjoy that weren't new so support movie reviewers even if they're not reviewing new things just throwing that out there but he reviewed this one because it did come out for you to purchase like a lot of movies are doing. The first one that actually did that during quarantine was Trolls World Tour from Universal Studios. And that really set a precedent for a film to be released to home theater for $20, which <laughs> right. is a lot. And some of them are only rentals for $20, but some of them you can purchase. So I don't know if you, did you purchase this one or was it only a $20 rental? I'm pretty sure it was purchased. Yeah. So. I don't remember off the top of my head. It was that on-demand thing, so I don't know if it goes away, unfortunately. I don't remember. Yeah, some of them are, like, 30-day rentals, so you get them for a while. But it's, like, yeah. you watch them once. Like, who rents something for 30 days and watches it more than once, you know? Right. So you can do that, and this is one of them that did. Now, most of the films that I have looked into, at least for horror, that are were planning to come out in 2020, they will not release to that because they still want their debut in theaters. Candyman is one of those that it looks like they have pushed to September. The Conjuring 3 has also pushed to there. I I don't think that one's going to come out at all, to be honest, because I don't think anything else in 2020 is going to come out. That's just my opinion. But I, if I was a a film creator, and I know I'm kind of rambling, but just talking about the state of film right now, since we're doing a hype episode, 
I don't think anything else is going to come out in 2020 because we have not gotten our shit together in the United States. And the United States is one of the biggest film markets for film creators because most everything is created here in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So, or the big, like The Conjuring, Candyman, those are all U.S. films. I know that's not all that's coming out, but those are the two big ticket items to come out in horror this year. Right. Halloween, we've already moved that one along. Exactly. And that wasn't even supposed to come out until October. Yeah. So I don't think anything else is going to come out in 2020. And I do not think that they will release these to home theater, whether that be renting or you can purchase them for $20 or whatever on demand. So I just think we're going to have to push everything out to 2021. Mm -hmm. So I think 2021 is going to be stacked because there were already releases for 2021. Yeah, we'll see how 2021 goes, though, too, because, you know, there's also estimates that this is going to last two years. What are we going to do next? Are you guys going to keep putting the movies off or let them go home? Exactly. And another, not to like get political in this episode, but if the United States especially doesn't get their shit together and just do what health officials are asking us to do, it will drag out longer and longer until there is a vaccine, which they're saying is going to be mid to end of 2021 because it still has to go through clinical trials and be approved by the FDA. So get your shit together, guys. (laughs) Like, Do what you need to do, mask up, and we can kind of start to see declines of these numbers now are we really going to be able to live a quote unquote normal life until there is some sort of vaccine probably not but like you know what i'm saying like i just don't see film returning to normal this year at all yeah. so which is why i think that they need to see the writing on the wall and start releasing some of these to home tvs yeah i mean that unfortunately it makes me really sad because a theater experience is something that i think is so ingrained in our culture that people love dearly well especially because theaters actual movie theaters don't make money off of movies they make money off of the popcorn and the soda and the concessions so if they're not open they're not making any money that's why it's like an arm and a leg to get snacks at movie theaters like exactly there's like a 300 percent markup on your popcorn you know what i mean like yeah it's it's not like you know, but it's, it's, so it'll be interesting to see where film goes from here. And I think that if the theaters can hang on, I know that we've seen some numbers come out and it is rough, especially for AMC, I think is one that is really not doing well. And well, I know they've started shutting down some of their locations already, but mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how they can hold on, if they can hold on, if there's anything, if they're going to start streaming services of their own where they get exclusive rights. They should. That would be a smart move. I haven't seen any of this. This was just something I was thinking about. Like, Mm -hmm. they can get deals with these movies like AMC or Cinemark or whatever gets their own streaming services to where you can only get new releases if you are, uh, you subscribe to these streaming services and you stream them at all. I do know that AMC and Universal just had a big falling out over Trolls yeah. because Universal, AMC was like, release it through us. And Universal was like, no, we're not going to do it at all. And then they fucking did a bitch move and turned around and released it on their own, which I'm sure is just for them to have more money, more money, more money. But like help these fucking movie theaters out. I agree. AMC needs to start something on their own. And I'm sure Universal is already in talks of creating their own streaming service like Disney+. Plus. Well, especially when Universal is the parent company of, I mean, Universal yeah. owns everything, honestly. Like, Universal exactly. owns, every, I mean, 
Oh, I'm sure as as soon as Disney Plus was, you know, talked about, Universal was like, fuck, we gotta jump on that ship. Doesn't Universal own Disney? No. Universal owns someone. They already have a streaming service that they're the parent company of, so I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Let me... I, it doesn't matter, but Universal's fucking... I mean, they own Comcast, so, like, they... they yeah, exactly. Them, you know, like, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see, but, you know, just as a reminder, you know, I, not that we make any money off of really what we're doing. I know it says that we have, like, an Audible, you know, sponsored post on our Monday. That only does anything if you actually do the thing. So, right, exactly. You know, it's not like we're making any money off this, but... Um, our, and obviously our, our Patreon, thank you to our patrons, but mm-hmm. you know, the bigger creators that do this for a full-time job, they made all their money on going to see films in theaters and there haven't been films in theaters. So if you, you know, just go, all I'm saying is go support them, even though they're doing older films, like that's what I'm saying, but it's just interesting because we had to readjust our schedule quite a bit. Like, you know, we had the hundred years of horror lineup already. And that was helpful. Like, okay, well, we were like, oh my God, we have a hundred movies plus our Mondays, plus all these hypes. Well, then all the hypes fell off. And like for our schedule, we were like, oh, well, that's like, you know, was not. It gives us breathing room, but. But also as a horror fan, like. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to see these. Exactly. I was exactly. so excited for the Candyman. That's what yeah. I was about to say. For Candyman, like, yeah, like, there's new Halloween, but you that gets scary because you don't want to see Michael Myers just, and I'm really sorry, this is incredibly vulgar, but just, like, raped over and over. You know what I mean? Like. The story, yeah. Yeah. Can you know, we leave him alone? Exactly. Like, and it may have been good. I'm not saying that, but, you know, you just get scared when a, the same story is written over and over, just, like, with The Conjuring universe of films like they did with La Llorona and the nun and it's like okay guys like you're just kind of churning out shit to churn it out like Candyman, especially anything jordan peele is doing and then he was coming out with a Candyman reboot like that was exciting and there were some things coming out later this year that I, we probably didn't even know about because sometimes especially for like the fall movies you kind of hear about things a little bit later like mm-hmm. not last year that was new we weren't even going to see that and then it ended up being one of our favorites yeah but little monsters was just a hulu one-off movie and it's one of my favorite movies of all genres it was almost mm-hmm. life-changing for me you know so <laughs> it's just it's just sad i'm sure some of those movies will get a re-release and i'm sure some of them won't because they weren't huge hyped up movies anyways so you know, but this obviously it is a Blumhouse, so they can pretty much do whatever they want. And so when they were like, well, we have this Kevin Bacon film, it had a, two big stars in it. We might as well just send it to the on-demand circuit, $20. It's not going to be a huge loss for us because they're Blumhouse. They can literally just doesn't fucking matter if this is a loss. It's not going to be a huge loss. Now, this budget was only $4 million. So, drop in the bucket for Jason Bloom and his team. And it was produced by Kevin Bacon. Like, you know, I'm just, but it, it, in the. Well, even the director was the same director for, uh, I don't know if anybody's seen it, but for Stir of Echoes. Same director, obviously loved Kevin Bacon. Yeah, exactly. So. And so, it in the, like I said, it's not like they had a $93 million budget. You know, yeah. so I think it this even had a lesser budget than Stir of Echoes did. Okay, I I I get that, but at the same time, okay, you're gonna figure out I didn't like the movie. 
So just because they have a small budget, the whole thing was done in one fucking house. What kind of budget did you need? Right, exactly. And that's why, you know, now I'm not giving that a pass to be like, not a great movie. But that's why I'm like, they didn't care if this hit the the theater circuit or the on demand circuit. They were like, oh, whatever, it's done. Just send it out to the masses and have them let's get our $20 for it. Exactly. You know, so that that's why I don't think it really bought gave them a huge bother to just send it out because like I could definitely see you want like with Candyman, for example, you as Jordan Peele and the crew and the team. You, I mean, how many how long have we heard about Candyman at least? I mean, probably a little bit longer than a year that he's been teasing that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to see the audience reaction in the theater. You want that like weekend blockbuster news headline you know this who really cares to be honest so, yeah you know i mean this probably would have been a straight to dvd movie eventually anyway i yeah i really i didn't really see any regardless i didn't see any advertising for this movie now i know it it was it was originally released on june 18th so i know that it didn't have the time to really have any trailers it was when we were all in quarantine so i know that they really didn't get a chance to do any marketing but kevin i mean they put some stuff out because my mom calls me she goes have you heard about this movie never even heard about it in my life she goes i saw a trailer for it so they fucking put some stuff out there i guess i mean kevin bacon did interviews about it he talked about it so somewhere they were marketing towards someone the only reason that I had heard about it was when you asked me to review it I was like that's so funny because I watched Chris Duckman's review of this movie because you know I'm still trying to support my people and I was like oh he reviewed a new movie weird he fucking hated this movie and I was like oh not to spoil anything for you but Chris hated it (laughs) (laughs) great (laughs) and I was like oh yeah I saw that too uh, yeah, so, you know, I didn't hate this movie at all. Like, it did a, a well enough job at, like, keeping my attention. The storyline wasn't the weakest storyline I've ever seen. It was just very simplistic in nature. And it's something you've seen before, just kind of done in a different way, in a different house, in a different country. But not in a scary way. No. Like, at all. All no. the jumps, jump scares, quote-unquote, are so fucking cheap, and you see them coming a mile away. Yeah, I mean, I did find myself, like, looking away. Like, I was like, I'm hungry. Like, I wanted to yeah, go like, exactly. to Like, you know, it was, like I said, it's not something that I would particularly, like, recommend to someone and be like, oh, you should totally watch You Should Have Left or pay $20, like, $20 of your hard-on money. Like, most people don't even make that per hour. Like, that's an hour of someone's work or more in most cases. So, you know, what? like, that. that's... If you put it in that perspective, like, would I recommend this movie? No. <laughs> so Exactly. If it was a yeah, $5 yeah. movie ticket, maybe. But in these circumstances, especially when you're paying $20 for a movie at home, no, I wouldn't recommend it. Absolutely not. You know? And, yeah. and we'll get into the a little bit more of the movie, but then that's the thing you have to consider, too, and why I talked, I mean, we're 15 minutes in and why I'm talking so much about the movies. Like, these movies are $20, yeah, that's ridiculous. One person watching it. And I understand they have to recoup their budget. They can't make every, like, one whole family doing $5. They're assuming that, you know, in most United States households, families of four, great. But most millennials, and that's and that's me and Kristen, are 
two family households. So that's just not, yeah. I mean, this is not, you know, feasible. And especially with Kristen and I, like, I'm the only one that's going to watch it in my household. So it's a $20 movie. You know? Well, it's the same thing. Like, I'm not around my mom. She's an hour away from me. So she watched it at her house, paid $20. I watched it at my house, paid $20. And we watched it alone. Her husband wasn't there. My boyfriend wasn't there. It's just us. And they got $40 up from us. Yeah. That's crap. Yeah, yeah. And but I get your point also with families watching. But it's a fucking horror movie. What family of four is going to watch this? Yeah, it's like a rock and a hard place. Like, they have to recoup their money, and they can't release it in theaters. So $20 is the price tag. But it's like, you know, what... I don't know. In my opinion, if they really wanted to recoup their money, you push it out. But when are you going to see in theaters? Nobody's really going to care about this movie to push it out into theaters. And so it's just one of those you just don't don't release it or you try to get $20 from it to you know it's like what do you do and I guess you listen to people review it like us and they're telling you like don't don't spend $20 on it yeah exactly and and that that's just what it is you know so (laughs) and and now again it's a very simplistic plot so this family goes to a home in Wales and the family is made up of an older husband, a younger wife. She is an actress and he is a wealthy banker and he has a dark past and it kind of, they kind of dance around it for quite a bit. Way too fucking long. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, you know that he's, did he, is he an abuser? Like, cause she's famous and people don't like him. So, you know, that he, like the public doesn't like him for whatever reason. Did he cheat on her? Did he cheat on someone else? Like you, you just don't really know. And did he kill someone? Yeah. Is what it comes down to. <laughs> yes. But they start out in this house that they get on Airbnb, Airbnb. Have you ever walked into an Airbnb house and seen family photos anywhere ever? They walk in and go, where are all the personal pictures? Fucking gone. Is this the first time you've ever been in an Airbnb? Highly doubtful. Yeah. I mean, I've been into one Airbnb where they had one family picture because they were like, this is our family. This is a little bit about us. And it was like in a nook, like kind of like far, like in like. You don't want creepers knowing who the fuck you are. Exactly. Yeah. And so they decide she's shooting a film. And they decide that she's going to have to go overseas to London for eight weeks in in between shooting in the United States and her London shoot as a family. They are going to spend some time together before she's gone for eight weeks. And so they go to Wales to do that in this, like you said, Airbnb that they found. And it's very remote and it's a huge house. It's something that you would see, you know, a really rich family that wants to get away and be remote to go spend time in. And basically it's a whole long film about him having nightmares in this house and the corridors seeming longer and longer. And the locals are really sketched out about this place. And they are also sketched out about him. And it's just like, like I said, it's very, it's like a haunted house movie, but there's not really much haunting going on. It's just very suggestive of the house is bad vibes. You know what I mean? Like it's very yeah, dark and it's like a Yeah. It's like a time portal haunty. Yeah. Which isn't really scary. Like a vortex almost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't care about this family at all. 
not trying to be mean, you just don't. There's no personal interaction with this family where you really care about them. And then it comes to a point where you find out that the wife is cheating on the husband. You still don't care. I don't know why you think that at this point that's going to make me go, oh my god, that poor man. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, the only, like, their daughter is sweet and you, like, don't want anything to happen to her. But the whole time, you know nothing's going to happen to her because they make you basically understand that nothing's going to happen to her. So the only real character you care about, you know, nothing's going to happen to the seven-year-old. Like, it's just not that kind of movie. It's not a movie where the child is in real danger. It implies that she's in danger and it does put her in situations of danger where the father has to go and basically face himself down. This is whole movie is about this dad. Basically the mom tells the child, like the child asks like, why does everyone hate daddy? And she says that her, his ex-wife or uh, I guess it didn't get a chance to be ex-wife. His previous (laughs) wife drowned in a bathtub because she took too many sleeping pills and people thought that he did it. And he went to trial and was paraded around the media and then they got married later and had her whatever. And so people don't like him because he was put on trial and, you know, she was basically like, yeah, well, if you're put on trial, people just assume that you're guilty. And he's having all of these nightmares and having nightmares about this house. Basically, it's almost like the upside down in Stranger Things. It's kind of the vibe you get when he's having these dreams about this house, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. And he's having dreams about his daughter being lost inside this house, but it's not quite the reality of the house, if that also makes sense. And it's all about him facing down basically who he actually is as a person. And you find out later that he actually did watch his wife drown. Now she did fall asleep, but he just watched it happen and he could have pulled her out of the bathtub. So did he like hold her underwater or drug her? No. Did he come home and see her slip under the water and not do anything about it? Yes. So in a sense, yes, he was basically a hand in her death. And the house is trying to make him face that basically. And that's what this house does. It basically gets bad people. I guess, yeah, bad-ish people or people that need to face who they really are. And it lures them to the house to face that. And the locals know that really only bad people end up in that house, which is why they're not super friendly to him. Yeah, but we don't even find that out until there's 25 minutes left in the movie. I wrote it down. An hour and eight minutes into this film is when we find out the history of the house. We only have 25 minutes left. Shame on Blumhouse. Yeah. I don't care at that point. I don't care. I'm ready for this movie to be over. Yeah, I mean, and the scares, like you said, like there's some shadows creeping around and the hallways get longer and there's some like dark corners. And then like in some of the dream sequences, like it does show like his wife, his dead wife as like a, you know, almost like ghost-like thing that jumps on him and like makes him face it and some dream sequences and stuff and like some creepy like thing taking a Polaroid of them while they sleep. And it's just like, you know, they took a lot of elements of different types of horror movies and they kind of threw it into a house and then they added some things where like 
they give them uh, is it a protractor i don't know geometry yeah and they're like measure the right angles the one of the locals measure the right angles it never quite fits there have been different houses there every time to fit different like people and it's just kind of like you know like i said i didn't particularly hate this movie it didn't like enrage me but it like did not really like do anything for me so it wasn't even like middle of the road it was just very forgettable like it it just didn't like I don't know. I didn't like hate it as much as it sounds like you or like Chris Stephen hated it. I just was like, it was just kind of another like Blumhouse, like throwaway film for me, I guess, you know? Yeah. I think it wasted my time and it wasted my $20. Well, I was about to say like you took the $20 bullet for me. So, you know, (laughs) I, so I, I didn't, you know, but definitely like, I don't know. It, because like there was a while there where I was like okay like I could see this being interesting and like for a little bit I was like okay like all right and then like very quickly you just get bored and over it you know I could see like a baby baby horror fan being into it that hasn't seen a lot of horror but if you've seen a lot of horror you've seen this a million times like you do not need to see this film I probably oh yeah and there are there are things that are pointless like there's a point where he finds out that his wife cheated on him. She has to go stay in a motel. He has the daughter. So it's just the two of them. And they're getting creeped out throughout the day. So it's bright out when they start getting creeped out. It is nighttime when they leave. Yeah, that's a smart time to fucking leave. They're all in sweaters and jackets this whole time. You're going to leave in the middle of the fucking night. Okay, that's fucking dumb. And, yeah, and then... He even tells the daughter, like, we won't survive the night. Maybe you should have left. Maybe you're the one that should have made your wife stay in the house. I'm just saying. Like... Fucking A, right? And then as they're leaving the house, you hear all these, like, animal sounds outside. And, oh, my God, something's going to get them. And then we never talk about that again, ever yeah. Did that even mean anything? Was that needed? Was that just to have people creeped out a little bit? Because it wasn't even creepy. It was yeah. just annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like the whole like person that built the house is this like character that he had nightmares about back in the United States. And like, you never really hear anything about that person that built the house. Ever. Yeah, exactly. You finally hear about the house, quote unquote. And all you hear is that it brings bad people there. And that they think it was built by the devil. That's it. It took an hour and eight minutes for you to tell me that BS. Okay. And also, if it was built by the devil, like, the devil really wouldn't make people, like, it basically, like, brings him, I'm not going to say to a moment of peace because he does have to, like, give up his daughter and his life. But he, like, almost, like, faces his truth like I don't know that doesn't just that doesn't sound very like devilish to me does that make sense like I don't know it just it doesn't really like like some of it makes sense yeah but then there are other parts that there's just like a lot of plot holes and open-ended questions which sometimes in movies if the movie is good enough and can stand on its own that's totally fine and I can live with that all day every day it doesn't matter you know but You know, and like I said, it just is like one to leave behind. Like it, I'll never think about it again. And it didn't exactly. It wasn't scary at all. Like I could see this as honestly, if you took the horror element out, honestly, just a family drama. Exactly, it wouldn't be a bad family drama, even if you like if he was having nightmares about killing his wife and you added in some scary dreams, but you focused it more on the family drama side of things. I don't think it would be a bad family drama. but like about him killing his wife and having like the nightmares and having to face that demon while on a vacation do that 
Yeah. Well, I feel that, like it tried to do too reason. much. I agree. In, no, in I a half, an hour and a half. Yeah. No, I agree. It just, and it felt like not very, I felt like I kept watching the same scenes over and over too. Oh my God. Yes. Like the, the least scary house I've ever seen in my life. It's this big windowed, very Scandinavian style house out in the moors. No, it was so, mm -mm. I don't like this movie. Two out of five. What? I'd probably, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't give it a one. I was about to say, I'd probably, like, also give it a two. Like, it just was, you know. It like yeah, it didn't make me jump up and down and hate it. But, wow. Yeah, don't spend your hard-earned, like, hourly wage on this film. Like, there are other things that have come out on demand that you could probably spend $20 for. And things coming out in August, apparently, that, like, maybe we'll have access to. Yeah, I heard a movie called Relic just came out recently. Might be the best of 2020. Granted, that's not going to say a lot when we are not going to have a lot in 2020, but. Yeah, that's sad. You know, being film people, like, and then no film came out. <laughs> yeah, especially when we do this 100 Years of Horror, it's going to be interesting next year because things are going to change so much because we're going to have reviews for things that nobody saw once they can actually see them again in two years. I know. It's going to be weird. Well, and then like what well, we said, what are filmmakers going to do with the things that they created that were supposed to come out and then one didn't come out or two, yeah. like they just had to like, you know, are we going to have re-releases of things that were sent to on demand, but didn't really get, exactly because people didn't spend 20 dollars on them or are we even making new movies right now like i'm assuming hollywood's basically on hold right now are people actually out there filming i don't know i mean they can't you can't exactly film a movie exactly and you know, but... those things are at least a year two years in development usually so are we in a year year and a half are we going to have any movies obviously we'll still have indie films and stuff which will be great I mean, I was reading an article the other day about the film industry has come to a complete halt, honestly. Jesus. Like, yeah. because they can't, especially in California, they, the governor just shut everything down again. Because, the, I mean, we're recording this literally a day before it's going to come out. So you're hearing this on a Wednesday. We're recording it on Tuesday. And LA just, or not LA, California just shut everything down again. So that you literally cannot film in California. So Jesus. like, we, and that this is the second time California has completely shut down. So, I mean, there, there's just not, I don't see how there can be much to come out. I mean, you can do a production quickly enough, but what is the going to be the quality of film that is rushed because right. they're shut down? I'm almost wondering if that's why they're moving some of these movies like Halloween kills and possibly the conjuring moving them out because they're not going to have movies to fill in 2021. So we might as well move them along anyway. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Like, like you said, there may be some indie stuff, but even the indie stuff you have to wonder, are they putting themselves at risk? Right. To fill in the gaps that is going to be left by big Hollywood because you want to support indie film, but you don't also don't want to support indie film that is putting indie creators at risk just to fill the gaps too. Right. You know, it's like a hard, a rock and a hard place to, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
it's just, I don't know. This is all puts everything at such a huge question mark for mm -hmm. creators and for those of us that are also creators, but we talk about the creation. Right, exactly. You know? So I don't know. It's just, it's going to be really, it's going to be interesting, but it's also, there's, a, I'm sure there's a lot of anxiety in the industry for, I mean, the big name actors are fine, but right. you know, the whole, like it's the people like my brother, for example, he doesn't work in the film industry, but he works in the music industry and he is, I'm not going to, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but he's basically the grunt work. Like when shows go on, he's the one setting up the stages and the sound equipment and you know so when there are no shows he doesn't fucking work and that's the same thing for these film crews like it's there's not like they're making mm -hmm. decisions they're getting paid hourly or their contract work yeah the it's poor the little key people. grips and stuff that exactly. can't do anything right now exactly so what about those people and the production assistants that really don't make a lot of money you know mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i know that right now unemployment is taking care of a lot of those people including my brother but eventually industries need to get back at it but they can't until they can you know right so, i don't know it's just sad and this movie was sad not in like yeah. the emotional way but like <laughs> it yeah. was unfortunate i feel like we're not gonna get very good horror this year which is super unfortunate well, the stuff that's already made and the stuff that they're willing to release on demand, they're not going to, like, release Candyman on demand because they can't. Well, they want their fucking money. Which they want is those fair. open and weekend dollars. Like, I'm sure that the Candyman, like, I don't know if the, oh, by the way, You Should Have Left had a 41% critic count and a 25% audience score. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Candyman 2020, their budget has been released but I'm sure it was nuts. Like I cannot imagine the yeah. money that they're throwing at Jordan Peele right now. No, the budget's not released yet because it's not out yet. But I no. mean, I, I mean, the production started. Uh, it was announced in 2018, and the production started in, in 2019. So it the filming commenced in early 2019. So yeah, it's it's sad. So. Mm -hmm. It's it's it was pushed to September and now it's pushed again to October sixteenth, twenty twenty, and I just don't think that that there's no snow. I mean, Halloween's canceled. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can't cancel Halloween. Halloween lives in all of us, and I'll fucking celebrate Halloween on my own at my house and watch all my movies. And we're gonna, you know, do some things differently for our own little Halloween celebration for the podcast and everything. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's just. Just, you know, twenty twenty is just sad. I know, right? <laughs> like, it's hard to find. Like, there are positives to every situation, but it's hard to. And I, I'm not trying to find it positives from COVID. That's not what I'm saying. It's just you know, you, you I have. Mean, to we're already in the second half of the year. Yeah, exactly. That's sad. You, everyone's just having to find their own personal positives. You know, yeah. in your own day to day life. You know, and. It's hard to uh, hear all the negative all the time. And sometimes you just have to, I mean, if you're around a lot of negative people too, I mean, there's only so much negativity you can take in, you know? Right. Because <sighs> it's rough, man. And I don't know, I don't know what they pushed The Conjuring to because it was already coming out late. They haven't pushed it yet, but they are thinking about it. And uh, Candyman has been pushed from September to October. They're like trying to inch it along. 
but I'm sure they're just going to end up canceling it until 2021. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, their their release on the Conjuring Three doesn't say anything officially. Yeah. So. Even freaking trying to Busan Two is going to be pushed for August in theater release, and but they won't put it on Shutter until 2021. Can y'all fucking stop? Stop making people risk their lives going to theaters right now. Yeah, I mean. If people are willing to do it, I, I know that that's their personal choice, but like people will do it too, especially I'm not trying to like call anyone out because I don't know of any personally that, but people like, especially like podcasts and stuff and YouTube content creators, they will yeah. go just to have the first review out. You know right, what I mean? Exactly. Like, we, we ain't those bitches. Let me tell you that right now. But like people will do it. Like if I see it online, I'll fucking, I'll fucking find it. I'll watch it. Right. But you know, like. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm not saying I'll do anything illegal, but you know, if I see it, I'll watch it. But I, I, that's their prerogative. That's their decision. That's their choice. And I just don't want anybody to get sick to go see a movie and also where it's being made and released. Are they in a completely different spot than we are with COVID? Mm-hmm. You know, good for them, I guess, but no, no, not, I guess like good for them, but like, it's just right. that we are not also taking it seriously. Uh, it's a hoax. All right. <laughs> what's that stupid, what's that fucking video called on YouTube that everybody is that conspiracy video? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, lucky you. I forget you don't get on Facebook cause you're smart. <laughs> I just don't want to hate myself. That's fair. Or hate other people. I just get tired of the, we're having another baby. We're married. Men and men. I'm like, just sitting here going, well, fuck me, right? <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, you would not believe the amount of people that I have deleted because I have just felt like immense disdain for them as people. So whether it makes you hate yourself or other people, it's just full of that. So, yeah. I mean, either way, it's, it's unfortunate, so don't make them hate you because everyone puts the best forward on Facebook if it's about themselves personally, and then they put their trash, garbage, racist opinions <laughs> out there too. So, you know, hey, that's why I don't need to be on there for any of that. Exactly. I don't remember what that fucking conspiracy video is though. It's so it came out a while ago, but oh my god, you see people share it, and then as soon as they share it, I'm sorry, somebody gonna get mad and be like. Yeah. You're a sheep. That's fine. I'm not gonna fucking get. And if I do get COVID, it's gonna be because I work in healthcare. So right. I mean, it's not gonna be because I just <laughs> walking around like it's fine. I don't know what it's called. It doesn't matter. Somebody knows what it's called, and they're like yelling it into their car right now. But yeah, I mean, basically coming around to the point, you should have left. Was dumb, dumb. So super dumb. Super dumb. <laughs> Two out of five from both of us. So collectively, what? Like a four? That ain't good. Uh, yeah. Ain't God, good. we need good horror. I know. I mean, I could, I've had, my dreams are coming back, so I can just start writing those down and we can. There we go. Make them. I, I, neither one of us can make films, but. <laughs> if you want some good content and you're a filmmaker, theexorcistersofgmail.com, I have some good shit for you. <laughs> Let me know. They're pretty spooky. Kristen can attest. True facts. I sent her a message at 3 o'clock in the morning last week because I couldn't sleep. And I was like, I had a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm the bitch who's like, oh, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to turn my light on. I'm going to read the story right now. That was fucking dumb. 
Well, you were in that one too. I know it was fucking dumb. Yeah, <sighs> that one was probably the scariest one. We'll probably talk about it. We'll let's talk about it in a happy hour so we get real spooked. But yeah, go. that one was fucked, man. <laughs> Anyways. Thanks for being here for this hype episode, especially because we don't get many of them. And we had to, we're so just convinced we're never going to be able to do any hype episodes. That's why it's on Wednesday. Cause we were like, well, right? <laughs> we got Fridays cause we filled that shit up with other stuff. So right. happy Wednesday, happy <laughs> middle of the week. And then Friday, we will see you again for a happy hour. So yeah, you get a three for this week. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So, of course, I'm sure you know where to find us by now. All of our social medias are the Extra Sisters podcast, except for Twitter, because I just had to be different on that one. It is at the Extra Sisters over there on Twitter. Thank you so much for our patrons. If you don't know, we did Sharknado over on Patreon this week. So, you know, there's that. You can it's pretty on. fucking funny. Listen yeah. to us. I, I mean, it was pretty fun. That one's a long one, too. So you can head over to patreon.com slash the Extra Sisters podcast if you want to check out what we have going on over there. Thank you again to our patrons. We really appreciate your support. Until next time, stay creepy.